Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Monday. Welcome to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9, The Other Side of Radio. I'm your host, Presley Davis, and with me is my producer, Kobe Jackson, and co-hosts Joey Gonzalez and Giancarlo Cacho. Today's show is going to be a lot of fun because Texas State Athletics overall had a great weekend. But before we get started, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast, Bobcat Radio. Located on the North Brown Fund Road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Texas State women's basketball has wrapped up their home games for the season, and what better way to do it than with a victory? The Bobcats got a 77-57 win over South Alabama Saturday night. Bobcats are currently third in Sunbelt in a three-way tie with Southern Miss and Old Dominion. And they finished 13-4 and at home, which is the best home record since 2007-2008 season. And some key players being Kennedy Taylor became Sunbelt's all-time career record holder um, for assist. And it's crazy because that record was 36 years old, I believe. So then you have Denasia Hood. She's now fifth on Texas State's all-time career scoring list with 1,723 points. And she has scored double digits in nine straight games. So Texas State women's basketball, from the start, we've noticed... Just had really good momentum going into the season, and they continued that throughout the whole season. Well, yeah, this is an experienced group. Presley talked about how how good they've been this year, and it's because this group has been together for so long. Denasia Hood dropping that 20-piece yesterday, or I mean on Saturday, and this is a team who needed this win against South Alabama. They defeated them by 20 following that JMU loss. That was pretty devastating on Thursday night, and now the Bobcats find themselves in the top four and that's really all they need in order to get a, a buy in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They have a tiebreaker over Southern Misses in fourth place. So as long as this Texas State team finds a way to win at least one of their one of their last two games, which starts on Wednesday, this is a Texas State team who will get a buy, get some fresh legs going into the Sunbelt Tournament. Yeah, this team is dangerous, and it was good to see that you know the seniors like Kenny Taylor, Jaquia Bowie, um, Tanasia Hood, Tana Eaton, um, Lauren Thompson, I believe, too, and a couple others just getting recognized before the game as their last home game um, and be able to pull out a win at, versus a team that they should have beat. And South Alabama Jaguars are last in the conference um, in the women's sunbelt standing. So it was a, in the beginning, it was a little iffy. I saw some highlights and South Alabama was up by two at the end of the first quarter. But, you know, the Bobcats finally showed out and showed up and took care of business, which they should have done. And it's good, like you said, to get a bounce back win against GMU, which they just couldn't get any shots rolling, couldn't get any momentum um, throughout the whole game. So being able to get a bounce back win um, is important and especially closing into the Sunbelt Conference uh, tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I I want to recognize is not only like Joey, like you said, and John Carlo, the seniors that were on this team, but also I think the leadership role really, really true to show its colors against, uh, against South Alabama because I know um, we're going to have a pretty good amount of people returning for next for next year. Uh, and, you know, I've always I we've talked about them, how you know fundamentally sounded they are with 
you know, everything that they do with ball movement and with getting rebounds and playing defense. So it's it's a pretty a really amazing sight to see. But I mean, the women's team have been just clicking all cylinders. I know eight losses. I mean, that seems like a lot, but if you're winning and you're progressively, you know, making improvements as a team, then honestly, I don't really see that as a problem. But I mean, they they got a really Nice little tough schedule. I know they got, you know, Louisiana Ration Cajuns next. So and they're both in both their last games are on the road. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be tough for the Bobcats, but, you know, hope they can pull it out. Yeah. And like you said, Kobe, so the Bobcats will finish off their season on the road facing Louisiana Wednesday evening and Arkansas State Friday night. So be sure to cheer on the Bobcats as they end their regular season. Texas State men's basketball also had a successful weekend as they took down Coastal Carolina 78 to 75. And the win keeps the Bobcats in the running to get a bye in the second round. You had Mason Harrell with 22 points, Nigel Caesar with 15, Tyrell Morgan with 13, Jordan Mason with 12. And I've noticed we keep seeing this trend of multiple guys hitting the double digits. I mean, you look back at that Arkansas State game, you had five Bobcats get double digits. So this team has really just picked up their momentum as they're getting ready for postseason. It's good to see some guys finally stepping up. We've seen throughout the year, Mason Harrell has been the guy that the Bobcats have relied too much on, and finally they're starting to get some extra help. Nigel Caesar is starting to be a little bit more healthy. Jordan Mason has been a lot of fun to watch this year also, and just wanted to touch on what Presley mentioned. The Bobcats are just one game out of getting that first-round bye in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, currently sitting at 11th place with a 6-10 and 10 record. ULM is currently 7-9, and nine, so really you need to win one of your last two games, but it's not going to be an easy one, especially considering the fact that they will end Sunbelt Conference play against Southern Miss right here at home on Friday. Southern Miss is the number one team in the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah, and just to bring it back to what you said, Preston, they had a successful weekend, which is rare to say when it comes to the Texas a men's basketball team, <laughs> in my opinion. They just, um, they've just been so inconsistent this season, and I mean, they've had all this time to finally get something going, and it was good to see that they finally got a win. It was a close win. It wasn't, you know, a dominant win, but a win is a win against Coastal Carolina. And just important to see that Mason Harrell's coming back from injury, looking better, um, especially going towards the tor- tournament time. With 22 points, he finished, and nine. he was 100% from the free throw line with 9 for 9. And just his production is when he's doing good, the team does good. He's the leader. He's the one that sets forth what the momentum is going to be like, what the tempo is going to be like for this team. Um, Usually if he's not hitting his shots, the team's not hitting his shots. And if he's not getting assists, then the team just isn't going to be productive offensively. So it was good to see that he started off well, and especially Nigel Caesar. He's I've always argued for him to be the starter. I know um, Coach TJ likes to put – uh, Nate Martin sometimes in um, and switch things around but the fact that Nigel Caesar knows how to get buckets he's tough in the paint and I think if Mason Harrow and him are clicking at all cylinders then this team is um, scary to see in the tournament yeah and you and you brought up the point about uh, Mason Harrow uh, being I guess you could say the ro- the role player on this team because I know we talked about Caleb Asbury a lot how he was the go-to guy for the Bobcats last year and now we're kind of starting to see that with Mason Harrow I know it's kind of I guess you say too little too late but um, you know Mason Harrow has been that guy, that role player for the Bobcats this season and even though their record really honestly hasn't spoke it they still have opportunities to you know make the tournament and possibly pull a real sleeper out of the Sun Belt because honestly I've, I mean I know Joey you kind of alluded to, to this a little a little earlier on uh, in the month uh, you know, having this type of record and then making a crazy run in the Sunbelt Conference, uh, you know, 
title title race. I mean, that's it's mind boggling. But college basketball is very unpredictable, especially when it comes to March, which will is actually not not far from from where we are right now. So, I mean. I mean, yeah, this is a good win for the Bobcats. I know we talk about Mason Harrell, and then obviously I got to give a big shout out to Nigel Caesar because he is a really awesome, you know, floor player. He is always pretty much everywhere where the ball is for the most part, and he he always has, you know, confidence to you know possibly improve his game and probably be a better player than than what he is now. But I mean, that's a this is a good win for the Bobcats with two games remaining. I just want to go back on what Kobe mentioned just a second ago that. This team could make a run at the tournament. You look at the record and you're saying, oh, well, Texas State doesn't have a chance. I've been saying this since early in Sunbelt Conference play. I think this is a Texas State team who has a chance to go deep in the Sunbelt Conference tournament. If you don't want to believe me, that's fine. But the last <laughs> five games for Texas State have been decided by seven points or less. I mean, the game against Old Dominion decided by a buzzer beater. They beat Coastal Carolina by three points. They beat Arkansas State by four. They lost to Troy by four. This is a team who plays really close basketball. And that's the way the Sunbelt Conference has been all year long. And in March, it's going to come down to who plays better that night. And if Texas State can string together a couple good nights, this is a team who could go deep. And you heard it here first. <laughs> I agree, Joey. And you know what? We'll give you all that credit. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about some San Marcos basketball before we wrap up some basketball, and then Texas State softball and baseball's weekend was pretty good, so stay here and stay tuned to KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Once again, I'm your host, Presley Davis, and with me, my producer, Kobe Jackson, and co-host, Joey Gonzalez and John Carlo Cacho. Now, to wrap up some basketball, San Marcos basketball the Rattler men's basketball will enter playoffs undefeated at home and as district champs. And, Kobe, I know this just makes you over the moon. <laughs> Being a Na- San Marcos native, I just know you have enjoyed watching them this season. So what are your thoughts? I mean, this is – I guess you could say this is a bittersweet moment for me because the, these two teams, number one, like you mentioned, I am a San Marcos native. And number two, I did go to high school where San Marcos is playing, and that is Clark. So, I mean, I guess you could say this is a real bittersweet moment for me because I've – I, I mean, don't worry, I love going to Clark High School. I love, you know, the people there. Teachers were always, you know, influential on my life and forever will be. And just to see these two play, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I can't, I, I really can't describe the feeling that I have for these two teams. But I would know one thing San Marcos has probably, I hate, I would say, the better chances of, of winning this game. Uh, Clark High School has always been, you know, that type of team in basketball that will make a lot of surprises in the playoffs. And, you know, hopefully it can kind of show that. However, I think the Rattlers are more fundamentally fundamentally sounded team. Uh, You know, Clark is finishing their year 10 and 6 in district. So, I mean, they beat, you know, they're in the new district with, you know, with Churchill and uh, and Brandeis and, uh, you know, Reagan. And I know that's. Reagan is one is like the top dog of basketball right now, at least in that at least in that district. But I mean, this is going to be really fun. But you can catch that game um, tomorrow because our very own Joey Gonzalez and Paxton Graff will be on the call and it's going to take place at Canyon High School. So if you are down and doing nothing, please go to Canyon High School and support your San Marcos Rattlers as they enter by district round of 
the Texas high school basketball playoffs. Yeah, Kobe should be a lot of fun. And I know you'll be watching very closely considering you've got ties to both schools, but mm-hmm. just diving closer into that game, nine and one in district, nine and one in district. They only had that one loss against New Braunfels. And I talked to coach Dan Miller last week and he talked about if this team wants to go far, they got to play their style of basketball. When they played against New Braunfels, they kind of got stuck in the style that New Braunfels like to play a little bit slower and St. Marcus likes to play fast paced. So expect to um, hear and see a lot of fast paced basketball from Lake Presley, Caden Gums. And if they want to win this game, they got to hit one of the most important things, which they struggled with in last year's playoff free throw shooting. Mm hmm. Yeah, free throws are important. I've talked about it every time we've um, been at San Marcos High School games, even covering the Texas State games as well. Free throws are just, they're free. You can't miss them. Mm -hmm. They're important. And the only thing, like you said, that's probably the only worry I have with this team, but any other team that goes and faces against San Marcos uh, High School basketball should be scared, should have, if I'm Clark, if I'm a senior, I don't care if I'm a senior or a freshman, I'm having <laughs> nightmares about going against this <laughs> Rattlers team. I'm scared. I'm seeing snakes. I'm seeing visions. I, I'm I'm going to my therapist. I'm saying, help me, doc. I, well, what am I supposed to do against this San Marcos Rattlers team? Because they're just all around overall good. Defensively, offensively, they have weapons. No matter what, like, no matter what a team throws at them, they're able to adapt and adjust, and that's important in the game of basketball is being able to adapt and adjust to what defenses and other offenses throw at you on your opponent's side. So just the fact that they've poised, they've played together, they play, you know, their their main stars play AAU together, they play in the, in the summer together, um, offseason. So they're just a tight, core-connected group. So going into the playoffs... They're a team to be reckoned with. With whatever team you are, you're circling the Rattlers and saying, Coach, what do we do? So, yeah. All right. Well, Rattlers men's basketball will play tomorrow for the first playoff of the season. So we wish them the best of luck. And now, as basketball season is starting to end, softball and baseball is picking up. Softball had a tournament this past weekend. They went Thursday night. Bobcats shut out Lamar 9 to nothing. But then the next day, the Bobcats got shut out by South Dakota State. But it wasn't all bad because Jessica Mullins was able to keep the defeat 2 to nothing after striking out a season high of 7 in a complete game. Saturday, the Bobcats were back and took down South Dakota in a 3-1 and one ball game. Sunday, they t- once again took down South Dakota State 9-1 to n- t- nine to one in the final day of the tournament. And they would go on to Game 2, but they did fall to New Mexico State 4 to nothing. But overall... Tech State softball had a pretty successful weekend. You know, this is the second tournament of the season. We have one next weekend. And so what are y'all seeing so far as this Texas State softball team? I mean, we're seeing, we're pretty much seeing, I guess you could say a repeat of last year, but a little bit better. Because I know last year, you know, they started off up and down. They were either below 500 or at 500 and then back up above 500 and then kind of a pattern. This season, we're starting to see... I guess you could say an improvement on last year because I know we have, you know, great returners like Hannah Earls, Sierra Trahan, Sarah Vanderford. And I know we kind of lost, you know, lost. I know the Bobcats lost a few people in Sierra Lagway and uh, Kat Krennic. But I mean, this team really honestly surprised, surprised me a lot because honestly, I didn't think I thought that maybe it'd be, you know, 
dominantly, you know, dominant wins. But I mean, they kind of struggled in a few areas. But I mean, they kind of they bounced back, and I I was able to call the 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 two zero game uh, with Dave uh, with David Castaneda. Uh, on Friday, and honestly, we were just speechless because you know Jessica Mullins after only giving up those two runs, and then you know the Bobcats really couldn't get anything going offensively. But I mean, that was the only flaw. But I mean that the the three one win, and then the nine one win against the Jackrabbits, and then you know like Presley mentioned, unfortunately taking that loss to uh, New Mexico State for uh you know four to nothing. I mean, it was I would I guess you could say it was a good start for them as far as, you know as far as tournament wise. But I mean. I think there's certain things that need to get better for the softball team, uh, especially. I, especially, I, I guess you could say on the offensive side of things. But I mean, other than that, it was it was a pretty good start for the Bobcats. Yeah, Kobe, I was going to say the same thing about the offensive side of things. Whenever the bats get hot, they stay hot. Yeah. When it rains, it pours. I mean, nine one, the game against Wichita State, they scored seven runs in the third inning last weekend. I mean, this team, whenever one girl starts to hit, everybody starts to hit, but. Whenever they can't get any offense, it shows. I mean, you talked about the game on Friday. Jessica Mullins was lights out, and they don't have any offense to support her. Then you look at the game on Sunday against New Mexico State. They only had two hits. I believe it was three runners left on base. It's hard to win baseball and softball games whenever you can barely find anybody to get on base. So I think the pitching has been pretty impressive. They got several several players that that can throw the ball really well. It's just the offense needs to find a way to play consistent throughout throughout the rest of the games here in this early non conference schedule. Yeah, you spoke on consistency, and I've noticed a trend with this team. They lost their first game, they won their next two, they lost the next game, and then they won their next two, and then they lost that game and won the next two. So it's like you need to have some consistency going down, especially early in the season. Of course, I've said it before. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. But it's important how you start and just setting the tone for the season. And I was on the call with Colton for yesterday's Sunday's games. And that first game, they just they dominated um, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Um, I even said it on air. It was rabbit season. They were out there hunting. Ended in a nine-run uh, nine rule. So um, it was a dominant win. But then the New Mexico State Aggies came to play and just shut them out. So it was it was two different teams that showed up. I don't know what happened, but just I don't know if they're tired from the first game. I mean, the first game ended early, so they shouldn't have been – their legs or arms shouldn't have been tired. They just couldn't get nothing. They got to first base. I celebrated when they got to first base. I said, Mama, it's Christmas time. They finally got to first base. And then, bam, two two quick outs, and they were done. I was, the hype was gone instantly. My excitement diminished. It died. So this team just needs to be able to bounce back. And um, if they're able to do that early on in the season, especially going into the Texas State Classic Tournament against their rival or the I-35 rival, I-35 UTSA. I-35 rival. Yeah, yep. that, that's an important game for them to bounce back and dominate. UTSA, I think, is 2-7 and seven from what I saw yesterday. So they're not the strongest team, but if you're able to defeat them and go against a former conference opponent, UTA, um, later in the day and get a win off that, it'll be important. And then I can see some shining aspects in this team. You, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. You got me off guard with that, with that Looney Tunes reference. I'm not even gonna <laughs> lie to you. That, that, I wasn't expecting that at all. That was, that was. I just wanted to mention that. That was, that was pretty funny. I write my own material. <laughs> <laughs> well, Texas State softball returns Thursday, and they will be playing in the Texas State Classic Tournament. So another weekend full of Bobcat softball, and then. 
another thing that went on was Texas State baseball opening weekend. I mean, you know, this team last year, they, you know, they say you don't want the cats to get hot and they let them. Same thing this year. And I'll be honest, I was a little nervous for opening weekend. We lost a lot of vital players. So I was like, okay, maybe this it's going to be a little hiccup. We got to. I think everybody was nervous yeah. about that game. It wasn't yeah. and honestly just you. I think everybody who watched Texas State baseball last year coming into this year was like, oh. Because we didn't want we last do? year to be just, oh, we got, they got lucky and maybe it won't happen this year. And I mean, I think it might because they had a record breaking weekend, honestly, program record for runs in opening day series and overall series was broken with 56 runs. And a program record of home runs in a game with eight, which is ridiculous, especially with, I mean, Chase Mora might have been one of the stars of the weekend. Went three for three, his rookie season, all three home runs. You know, you just don't see that every day. And Ryan Leary, we didn't see a lot of him last year. He would kind of go in for Sheffield when Sheffield came out. Started off this season or this weekend so strong. He got some homers in there. I think one of the first plays of Friday night was a diving catch by Ryan Leary. And it was just like, y'all saw him do the hair flip. You know, it was just electric. And so <laughs> this season, I mean, Friday night, Bobcats won 12 to 4. Saturday, 20 to 5. And Sunday finished it off 24 to 9. And so these Bobcats have just, they didn't waste any time. They just went out there and they played the game with all their heart. Before the semester started, I came back up here to San Marcos and I have a calendar in my room. And I have I put some important dates on there. One of them is the start of the Formula One season, which starts next weekend, and I'm excited for that. MLB opening day and Texas State opening day. And it surely did not disappoint. The Bobcats average 18.7 runs a game. This is Division One baseball, and they're averaging over 15 runs a game. I mean, some Division One baseball programs can't even score 15 runs no in a weekend yeah. and this yeah. team scored 18 you talked about chase mora that man he stepped up to the plate and it was gone jose gonzalez he returned right back from Palo alto and he was hitting the ball beautifully dalen pena is looking jacked i mean and he hit a jack himself yeah, so did. this team is a lot of fun to watch levi wells was really oh, impressive man. on friday night I mean, I could go on for 30 minutes, so I'm going to pass this on. And I'm just really excited with the way this team is watched and looking forward to this weekend because there's going to be more fireworks. Absolutely. And Joe, and you, you, you pretty much knit the head, knit the head. I mean, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that pronunciation. Um, but I mean, you're correct, because honestly, when coming into the season, we talked about how amazing their season was with, you know, defeating, you know, the number one team in Texas and then being Arizona, you know, who was also ranked team. And then obviously going all the way to regionals and being sta- and winning one game against Stafford, unfortunately losing two against effort, which will still forever be heartbreaking, at least in the, on this campus. But, I mean, that was an amazing start. I guess you could say the better cat won because it was the Wildcats and then the Bobcats. So, obviously, the better cat the better cat team obviously won. So, I mean, that was, I mean, unbelievable opening weekend. I'm not going to lie to you. We were kind of, or uh, during the softball, when me and David were calling the softball game and stuff, David kept looking back a lot because all you could hear was just the home run horn in the back. And I'm, I'm, and we were like, oh, my God, like these dudes here, they are ready, like legit. So, I mean, honestly, this is, I think, probably, I, I, mean, I want to say each and every game was a, a really good selling crowd. I heard, you know, it was about a good, uh, what was it, like, like 
800, 900 like people there. A good. It was. A, I heard it was a really good crowd for all three of the games for opening weekend. But I mean, what it was, it was unbelievable. And the fact that they broke so many you know records and stuff on opening weekend is insanity. But the one thing I will say is, is that I. I like the fact that they are scoring a lot, but sometimes scoring too much can really, I guess you could say, outpower them sometimes. So I, I guess you could say I would probably work on, you know, more fundamental, more mental sounds. But honestly, I think they have that covered. Just try to, I guess you could say, try not to like waste your home runs like immediately. Try to, you know, develop, you know, getting on base or, you know, possibly, uh, you know, getting position uh, getting positions for players to score i mean i think only that would probably be my only like i guess you could say uh, twi- uh tweak for uh the bobcats but other than that an unbelievable opening season opening day and hope uh hope they can continue this run yeah you hit the nail on the head as it's said um but this team is just scary i mean these are these are football scores like 24 yeah. to 9 no, for that's yeah. that's insane you know, that's a couple touchdowns and field goals on the other side. Like, the fact that that's a baseball score is crazy to me. And, I mean, last year, my freshman year, I never watched a single baseball game completely until I saw Texas State baseball, and I was like, well, dang, I'm a fan now. <laughs> so, uh, going on to the games, I mean, I've never gone to a game on my own decision, like wanting to go just to see it mm-hmm. until I saw Texas State baseball. And this team is scary. They're just the way that they've started and uh, be able to adjust without having with losing some key players that they had last season has just been remarkable. And I remember seeing one of the Northwestern players. I was at Black's for dinner. I think it was Saturday night after they lost. And I was like, you can't come out of the hotel room. You can't after that performance. Mm-hmm. DoorDash it, Grubhub it, Uber <laughs> Eats that. You guys need to go and practice right now. What are you doing eating some barbecue right now? Because this team was just on fire and they destroyed them. And it wasn't even a fight. I mean, Wildcats, Bobcats, it was not a cat fight. It was demolishing. <laughs> it was horrible. This, their performance, Northwestern, just, they just couldn't get nothing going. And the Bobcats just had the best opening week weekend that I could ever imagine for a team. So, yeah. yeah, and one of the craziest th- I mean, there were so many crazy things looking back on this weekend that I'm like, oh, that was crazy. That was crazy. I think the craziest thing was they were still able to score this many runs and by looking at my book, like, fifth and sixth inning, Trout took out all his starters. Yeah. And I they were see, still able to continue to get those runs, get on base, field the ball, and, like, just keep Northwestern from scoring anymore. And, you know, our the pitching's always been good. We've known that. Pretty much, last year. pretty much everybody pretty much everybody on the pitching staff is returning because yes. I know Zeke Wood, Levi. Uh, Levi Wells, Tony Roby, who was a starter, uh, last year, um, Tristan Dixon's back. Tristan Dixon's back. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Tr- Dixon is probably going to be. I guess you could say maybe the closing role now for. I think so too. The Bobcats, because I know losing Tristan Stivers last year, still the ice cold man into yeah. te- of Texas State baseball, who forever be in my, at least in my opinion. But uh, you know, losing him obviously in the draft, and then obviously you know got the young stars. And what and what's crazy is that we talked about their bullpen last year because honestly their bullpen was in a lot of question last year because of now number one how young they were and number two how efficient they could be because i know we talked about you know zeke wood and levi wells the main two-star pitchers in uh in you know college baseball you know we have to talk about the bullpen how much they have improved on the year and you know kind of make sure that you know they improve improve on what they did last year i know uh you know everything that 
they did last year was exceptionally well. But I, honestly, to for Coach Trout, I think he's telling his guys like, hey, we need to be better than where we were last year because last year we were in a lot of situations that could have been prevented, and for that to happen, for that to happen, we just got to do better at just the little things. Yeah, well, the Bobcats have another homestead this weekend with Oral Roberts coming to town. So if you're wanting to have another baseball jam-packed weekend, head on over to Bobcat Ballpark. And I believe Joey is going to be our weatherman today. So, Joey, what does it look like outside? It looks like it's time to go to the ballpark. It is starting (laughs) to feel really good outside. This is my time of the year. 72 degrees outside. It could not be a more perfect day to go down to Sewell Park and just enjoy the outdoors. A high today of 80, a low of 56. Wow, it is is beautiful outside right now. And just real quick before we wrap everything up, uh, shout out to Texas State Track. The Sunbelt Conference Indoor Championship kicks off today. So hopefully they can go out and represent well as had a chance to talk to a couple of the athletes, Dominic Yancey, Cedric Wynn, and they they said that they're not hoping just to end at Sunbelt Conference. They want to make a trip to the NCAA Regionals and hopefully the NCAA Indoor Championships later on this month. Run fast, run fast, run fast. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go fast. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but thank you for joining us on this Monday. I was your host, Presley Davis, and with me was my producer, Kobe Jackson, and co-host Joey Gonzalez and John Carlo Cacho. We hope you have a good rest of your day, especially because it's sunny outside. Come back Wednesday for more Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9, the other side of radio.